Good morning to you. It is Friday, December 2nd at 9.24 a.m. Uh, wanted to talk about the big weekend ahead and do a little bit of review the last couple days in the form of a quick cast, which is just uh, something I haven't done in a while just because I've been doing so many post games. Uh, before, before I do it, let me thank our sponsors. Uh, thanks to Martin Vintage. I'm wearing a shirt from Martin Vintage. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it's... Uh, it honors the cradle of the astronauts, the, the Purdue football game from a couple of years ago that honored um, Armstrong and his landing on the, uh, the landing on the moon. Uh, it's a cool shirt, and I would suggest you head over to Martin Vintage, and if you when you buy it, when you buy it, enter boiled at checkout, get 15% off. Pretty good. Then when you're on campus, this Sunday, Purdue plays uh, Minnesota. They host Minnesota at uh, in the afternoon, I think 5 o'clock. <clears throat> when you go there, head over to AJ's on Vine, get a pint, get a burger. Beers, burgers, beef, eatajs.com. Good, good folks, good folks. Anyway, uh, so I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about three things. First one, of course, we're heading in to the Big Ten Championship. I uh, am thankful that I was able to secure tickets thanks to a friend of mine. <clears throat> um, and LBD and I are planning on going, looking forward to it. Probably heading to downtown a little bit early hang around, watch some uh, other games before uh, the Purdue kickoff. I think there will be other things to watch. I know the Army-Navy game is in the afternoon, but don't know exactly when, but uh, I hate traffic. So I'm going to try to get in there early, enjoy the game, enjoy that game, and then and then head to Lucas Oil and watch the, the really big shoe, uh, your Purdue Boilermakers versus the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan's 12-0, of course. Purdue is 8-4. Nobody, nobody favors Purdue. Vegas has Purdue as a 17-point dog. Um, listen to the media. Nobody says Purdue's going to win the game. Is there any better position for Purdue to be in, honestly? Is there any better position? When you're a coach, when you're a player, the best thing you can have, the best thing you can have going into a football game, I think, uh, obviously good game plan matters, but a chip on your shoulder and the idea it's you versus the world, there's, there's nothing more special Nothing more bonding for a team than that. Um, it's an incredible, it's an incredible position to be in for Purdue to be uh, the hunter here and to have the house money and to say, you know what, play loose, play our, do our thing. Thank God, Aiden O'Connell is going to be playing. I think he returned to practice um, after just a hellish, hellish week, um, and it doesn't, it's not over for him and his family in the mourning process. Horribly difficult time. Uh, but hopefully his teammates can rally around him, support him uh, in every way. That's not just winning, but just being there for him. It's what uh, teammates, brothers do. I know he's got very good friends on the team, guys like Payne Durham uh, and Charlie Jones, I think. Charlie's, I don't know if he's as good of a friend now, but I know Payne is one of his best friends, and he's probably not the only one. These guys rallying around is a big deal, and having a, a common cause, a battle to fight, it's a big deal. Like I said the other day, Purdue's best skill the thing that defines this purdue football team more than anything is their resiliency uh, a friend of mine made a video i posted on twitter uh kind of a season wrap off wrap, wrap off a season wrap up and uh a look ahead to the idea that uh what purdue going to the championship and it really shows the it's an old west theme uh, and i think it's perfect because purdue's grit and their resiliency is the thing that defines them. It's not the it's not the brilliance of a passing game that rains fire on an opponent. It's not a defense that takes risks and has big reward like last year. 
it's a team that just keeps grinding, keeps coming at you. And hopefully that's what they do. More than anything, I want them to keep I want to see them keep fighting. I got to tell you, I don't think they're going to beat Michigan, so I'm even with that group of people that doesn't believe Purdue's going to win. That said, I'm there to support those guys, see if they can do something magical, something amazing. Um, and I just want to see them fight. I love this team. I love the fact Jeff Brom's coaching this team, and and they have had an amazing amount of focus this year in spite of more than stubbing their toe, just kind of having some games that just looked awful. Um, I think of two in particular, the Iowa game, the Syracuse game are the two that, that really get at me. And then there's some wins that you're like, man, those are head scratchers, but the team keeps coming and you can't, can't discount that. That's the first thing I wanted to talk about. Second thing, I want to readdress something that I've talked about on the handsome hour and else, elsewhere. Um, but I really want this to be nailed down. Anish has a great point about Aiden O'Connell as a member of the cradle of quarterbacks. And that point is we define that. As fans, we define who's a member of the cradle of quarterbacks. That's true. He's right. But, and we'll do it by, you know, putting pressure on the athletic department if he's not included in the, you know, the, uh, the brochures, if you will. He's not included in the, in the print materials. But bigger than that, right, the athletic department has to buy in on the idea for multiple reasons. And the more I think about it, the more I look at it, this is such a no-brainer, and I have no idea why it's not a no-brainer. Aiden O'Connell is definitely in. He's definitely a member of the cradle. Um, obviously, he's been a great leader. But let, let me just – I'll reiterate this. And if you didn't hear me make this argument the other day, I want to do it again. Aiden O'Connell is in the top ten in passing yards. He's in the top – well, he's in the top six in passing yards. He's in the top five in single-season passing yards. Um, he's in the – uh, da, 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 da. Uh, top top three, top four twice in single game yardage, in career passing touchdowns, he's in the top six, single season touchdowns, he's in the top four, and single game touchdowns, he's in the top, it's really the top two, because there's two categories, a six touchdown game and a five touchdown game, and O'Connell has been a part of the five touchdown club because of that Tennessee game last year. My whole point is there is not a unit of measure that you can give me that tells me that Aiden O'Connell doesn't belong in the cradle quarterbacks. So it should put all that to bed, that discussion. I don't even know why, you know, like I, it's, it's kind of an arbitrary thing, but this isn't arbitrary statistically. It's just not. I just want to reiterate that. If you look at big wins, key wins, wins on a bigger stage, he's got them. If you look at postgame, he's got it. If you look at earning the postseason, postgame postseason pardon me if you're look at earning postseason games he's got it Aiden O'Connell is a member of the cradle he's firmly in there um let's be a little bold let's say let's say in my lifetime he's probably number two only to breeze uh yeah I love Jim Everett Jim Everett is has a special place right here because of his the fact that I was 10 years old when Jim Everett was slinging the ball. That was a big deal for me, right? Those are those formative years, 10 to 13 or 14 as a kid. That's the stuff you, you know, you just love. You live and die by it. But Aiden O'Connell, what he's done, uh, it surpasses a lot of the great Purdue quarterbacks. I'd say Kyle Orton and he are kind of battling right there for the number two spot for me in the cradle quarterbacks during my, uh, my memory, my lifetime. So that's the second thing. One other thing I want to talk about uh, before I look at some of the comments in the margin. 
Very simple thing. And you saw my post game, hopefully. Uh, a lot of you guys are watching. It's excellent. Looks like the viewership's up. And it's funny. When your Boilermakers are winning, when good things are happening, you want to hear more about it. You want to see more about it. I appreciate that that uh, the quick cast, the post games at Boiled Sports are part of your ritual. I hope they continue to be that. I'll try to give you a most level-headed view I can give. Be honest with it. Some of you guys don't like it because sometimes uh, I come across as pessimistic. Sometimes I come across as a guy wearing gold-colored glasses. I've gotten a hard time for both. But what I'll tell you is I'm going to shoot it from the way I see it, and I'm going to tell – I try to do it quickly, meaning right after something's happened, I'll try to roll something out. Sometimes you have a – like the, the Florida State game is an example of this. You know, my first reaction was, whew, whew, glad they got the win. Um, uh, but I was a little bit – I was like, man, I really want to see them, you know, uh, flex their muscle a bit coming off of that big – you know, flying up to the top five just because of the taste of in my mouth from last year when Purdue up to number one and kind of uh, messed around. But I want to say that there is a big positive, the most positive thing that comes away from that win over Florida State. And it's one thing for me, one thing. And that is Matt Painter saying, sure, we had travel problems, but those are just excuses. That's it. That simple line is the whole thing. Let's look at some of the facts. Okay, Purdue came in to Tallahassee at 2.30 a.m. on game day for the game versus Florida State. And let's rewind a little bit. I believe they came into West Lafayette at 4.30 a.m. coming from Portland. So I know young, younger people are resilient, and they can, they can get over uh, lack of sleep a lot better than you and I can if you're in my age group. I'm 47. Even if you're a little long, younger, let's say if you get down into your 30s, it still gets a little harder. When you're in your 20s, it's easier. It's still tough to come into to town at 4.30, then go into the location of a game at, at 2.30. And that was in a three-day period or two-day period, two-day period. Purdue went, had four games in six days. They traveled 5,300 miles, and they had two horrible travel delays or problems. I don't know exactly the logistics. I know there, there were flying a charter plane, which is a little bit better than the situation that I have to do. I see my buddy Chris Harder is on here. Or he was a minute ago. Chris actually has a, diff a different thing altogether because he flies his own plane. Um, it's not his plane, I don't think. Uh, not yet. But that's a different thing. And I know he's not the only pilot that tunes into QuickCast and Handsome Hour and whatever boiled sports uh, product you're listening to. But that's a big deal. Um, dealing with those conditions is a big deal. And the basketball team got the dub. That's a big, that's the big takeaway. They didn't make excuses. Painter didn't talk about the team with the problems that had arisen in the, in the travel from the previous games and they got the win. Next up, they play Minnesota on Sunday afternoon. Could wind up being another great Purdue um, sports weekend, but I got to tell you, just like Aiden O'Connell has guaranteed his position in the cradle quarterbacks, to me, this weekend is already a good one just because Purdue gets to play in this championship. And I'm not going to be... <laughs> Not going to be Joe Tiller in 2000 or 2001 and put a rose through the helmet or put the city of Indianapolis, uh, the flag, on the helmet instead. Not going to do that. Uh, but Purdue should savor the fact they did something special this year and just getting there. Uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's a big deal to just be in the event. Second thing is there's never been a winner uh, coming out of the West there's, I, I think my son came up with the idea there's been one team that's actually had a good game in the Big Ten Championship since the advent of the East versus West divisions. Before it was leaders and legends. At that point, I think Wisconsin won a championship. But since it's been leader and le legends, I think only one team's really contended. So not only has the East dominated, 
But on top of that, uh, the West hasn't really even competed. Hopefully Purdue can change that and even <clears throat> ruin Michigan's year would be excellent. I've got a lot of friends that are Michigan grads. They're good, they're good folks, but it would, it would absolutely make my year to, to be able to, to say, yeah, Purdue kept you out of the, uh, out of the playoff and be a lot of fun. So, um, couple questions here good to see you guys got some live ones on here and then thanks to those who are listening taped as well chris harder who i was talking about a minute ago said what a great what a great way to start you start your day god bless you chris um that's a that's a nice thing to say and uh you know it's 9 30 in the morning if you can look at my mug and be happy you're a better man than me i don't like looking at it uh gatlin bear says uh don't think about this team goes six and six without charlie jones Com- gatlinburg bears pardon me uh completely agree but here's the thing. It's like, okay, let's look at everything right now. We just talked about basketball. We talk about football. We talk about players. Nothing is in a vacuum. And if Charlie Jones wouldn't have arisen or wouldn't have even transferred, I truly believe Jeff Brom would have found a way to get a weapon involved and would have changed things, moved things around. The fact that Maccabee plays such a significant role right now shows the way Jeff Brom does things. Jeff Brom will continue to try to find personnel who will help him win. He could have easily gone with Lewis instead of Maccabee. And, and sure, surely he saw in practice that Maccabee was, a, was, was doing a better job than Lewis. I know Lewis had a hard time grasping the offense, and that's not his fault. It's hard to transfer. But Brom, it's a testament to Brom's ability to be open-minded here and say, okay, hey, we're going to give everybody a try. It should be a big advertisement for Purdue football for recruits that if you come to Purdue, we're going to give you a shot. Maybe it's tough for some of those guys who are blue chips to swallow the idea that a walk-on might take my job because they're better than me. I don't know. I don't know. I can't get in their head. I've never been a high-level recruit in anything. So, um, But I can tell you I love the fact that Purdue does that. So um, I understand your point. I think Charlie Jones and Maccabee both are absolute godsends that we didn't see coming as Purdue fans coming into the season. And you saw, if you if you stick with quick guess, I talked about the receiver core and how good they would be. And there's um, my friend Grant, uh, who I don't think he's on here, but he talked. He, he was one of the people. He picked Charlie Jones to be the leading receiver, and he knew he was going to be good. I, I don't know how you do that because I watched the same videos that he did. I just didn't see enough evidence to say Jones is going to come right in and make that much of an impact, but he surely did. Uh, so, But like I said, nothing's in a vacuum. Purdue barely beating – or not barely. That's not right. Purdue uh, finding a way versus Florida State and, Te- and Tallahassee. Okay, It's not just a game that sits on its own. It's not a game that is just by itself a one-game season. It's something that you say, okay, what did that game mean to this team? Did they learn something else and then later apply it in hopefully March and April? Because that type of travel schedule, the fact you get in super late, super early, however you want to look at it, and you play through fatigue and you learn about each other in that, that, that time as teammates and that sort of thing, that's, that's a big deal. And so in the long view, Charlie Jones did some amazing things, uh, but – Jeff Brom did some amazing things, changing the system. Charlie Jones clearly, I mean, I think a moron could see that that he was great, and he probably could see it in practice, but um, it's not in a vacuum. That's a, that's a long answer. I'm windy. Greg Amanda says, all house money, nothing to lose. Word. Uh, that's, it should be, a, should be a great time in Indianapolis for everybody involved in black and gold. Uh, ancient astronaut, uh, this is our identity. Uh, so that, I think you're talking about the grinder. That's, that's a boilermaker right there, right? That's, that's. As Purdue fans, we all share that. 
I mean that. I think it's a, it's a culture. Basketball and football, you grind. And it's pretty neat. I'm going to talk about something. I had a quick cast forming about how interesting this team is and how much better the program has gone, gotten just based on personnel and guys being plugged in the right place. There was a discussion on Twitter talking about Chris Kramer. And Chris Kramer claims, he's like, I was never a point guard at Purdue. I had to become a point guard in the pros. Chris Kramer was, in, according to recruiting magazines, 247 and Rivals both, was a point guard. Um, came to Purdue. He played kind of a hybrid role. He didn't score a lot. He didn't shoot the ball very well. He had two and a half assists a game. Um, but Kramer says he was not a point guard. So what's that tell you? That had a, You had a guy in the game playing all the time who was a shooting guard who couldn't really shoot at that point. I'm not disparaging Kramer. I think he's an amazingly important player. But the fact that you have a shooting guard that can't shoot, by his own admission, I'm not a point guard, that's a shooting guard that really can't shoot. I think he shot 30% from three for his career at Purdue. That doesn't really happen anymore at Purdue. I'm trying to think of a guy who, for his career, will leave in the last couple of years who's a shooting guard who can't shoot over 30% from three. I don't think you're going to have it. And if you're going to have a guy that's on the court who's smaller, quicker, handling the ball, He's a point guard, and he's there for a reason. The personnel has gotten better, and Painter has shown the ability to recruit differently and better. Um, so I've got something for me in there. I, that was a lot, too. Uh, Andrew Day says, no pressure, no expectations. Let's go. Agreed. So I don't know if you—I I said this to a friend of mine. I texted him. Tell me if you, this makes any sense to you. I said, I don't know if I want to go to the game in Indianapolis. And the reason was not because I didn't want to go down to Indy. I, I don't like going to Indy as much as I used to. It's not far away from my house. But the big thing that was, I don't want to spend that much money. It's not just me. It's me and my son, maybe somebody else, right? I looked ahead. I was like, there's a ton of money at Christmas time to do, but I need to go. And I don't know if that idea makes any sense. That I didn't want to be there because I didn't want to spend that much money. I want to be at the game. I want to be around Purdue fans for games. But I need to be there for multiple reasons because it's kind of like, okay, you've been here for the battle. If you're a season ticket holder, if you're a longtime fan, now to, to have something culminate in a championship, you should be there. And that's kind of where I landed on that. So I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, Austin Ray says, nobody comes into Lucas Oil with a top three ranking. Nobody. Back against the wall. Let's do it. Let's shock the world. Okay. Purdue is good versus teams in the top five, the top three when they're unranked. Uh it's not a done deal, but boy, this would be, and I think you debate this, we can, we can talk about it after it happens, but if Purdue wins, this could be one of the best wins in the history of the program because of the fact there's such a disparity in, um, between what Michigan is coming into the game, what the expectations for Purdue are in the game, that sort of thing, and the context. The big stage always matters. So like the Tennessee game last year, to me, has a special place in my heart because it's a national TV bowl game, and the way they won was just grinding that thing out. If they could beat Michigan, it could be, I mean, it probably is right there with Ohio State, the Ohio State uh, Holy Toledo game, right there. So uh, something hopefully we get to discuss, but we'll know after the thing's over. Um, Danny Conway, are you going to the game? Yes, I'm going to the game, Danny. Um, Ted Berkey says, does this game have a Tyler Trent game feel due to the AOC situation? I don't think it has that because that was such an outward thing. Um, there's obviously an internal thing. That's a much different thing. We don't know how the team is handling that news. I hope they're rallying around him, just supporting him, just being there for their guy. Um, but it's different because Tyler Trent was so public. It was a national story. It was something that literally ESPN, remember there were vignettes made about Tyler because he was such a special story and the things he was doing. This is not that, um, but we'll see what the we'll see 
there will be stories that will emerge afterwards. We'll learn more about how the team handled it. I bet there's a story about him coming back to practice and it meant a lot to the team, meant a lot to him. I guarantee there is. But Jeff Brom is so good, you can say it's a negative or a positive, at controlling information and not saying leaking it, but keeping it within the team, keeping that uh, story inside, the things that, you know, personnel moves, they don't leak out. That's a great thing. This is another one of those stories. So, um, yeah, Greg McManus says, getting uh, in at 2.30 probably means getting to bed at 4 a.m. At 47, I just passed out. Yeah, Greg, uh, no kidding. I took a red eye a couple months ago back from California. I work out in California. I took a red eye back. I think we I landed at 4.30 or 5. And I got two hours of sleep or an hour and a half of sleep on the plane. And I was like, I had been tranquilized the entire day. I tried to go... I, get home, go to bed for two, three hours. I did. And I just was never right. And I used to be a guy, I still am a guy who can stay up really late. You guys saw evidence of that during the Portland tournaments or tournament games, but man, go all nighter now at 47. No, no good for me. Um, let's see. Uh, Greg Manis says, uh, is, is Chris, is Chris J money's personal pilot? I think that's a fair question. Um, Jay needs help. He's got a lot of a lot of needs for uh, not only personnel to help around the, the estate, but also to get him places because he's a very important guy. Um, ben Carnahan says there was so much private corporate, uh, so many private corporate planes leaving PDX that the team was allowed, was, was allowed to leave until 9.30 Pacific time. Robbie was talking about this on his YouTube with Goodman. Yeah, I haven't seen that uh, that podcast yet. I need to get on that. I've been trying to soak in as much information I can in the wake of that. It's funny. If your YouTube feed is anything like mine, I'm getting every random college basketball person saying, Purdue's my number one. And I keep saying, shh, now, okay, it was fun. It's fun getting up to number five, but we don't need to talk about it anymore. So I've moved on. It, no more. No more. Purdue, you don't need to talk about Purdue being your number one every random Blogger, video blogger, whatever. Um, I'm going to go one down here. Um, Perfect Fall says, my first year of season tickets was 2019. I have family coming into town this weekend. Stay with me. Told them, sorry, I have to be at this game. Uh, good. That's, that's a, <laughs> it sounds like a sense of duty. And um, But more, you just think this is something that's, that's very important. It is. Big Time Boiler, who I talked about a second ago. Uh, surprisingly good feeling I have. Uh a surprisingly good feeling I have. Uh, why are you speaking like Yoda? Number one, I think it's great though. Um, and a surprisingly good feeling I have today, just because I'm I'm stoked about the weekend in general. But uh, yeah, thanks for checking in, man. Glad you're here. Um, oh, happy race says, let's go flying in from Florida this weekend for the game. Hammer down. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a call that a wrap on that. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend if you're going. Have a great weekend if you're not going. Uh, I don't believe in that good vibes garbage but there's something special about being part of a fan base and i always say it on twitter this is why i like twitter is that idea of watching the game together in a bar you get some of that vibe on twitter it's cool and i'm sure the it's gonna be hard to to tweet during that game but it'll be it'll be a fun fun afternoon i hope it stays fun for a long time funny evening pardon me i think it's an eight o'clock kickoff so that'll be great um Alex Drix says, student tickets sold out in five minutes, going to be a huge student crowd. Does anybody know how much the student ticket costs? My dad asked that question. I think it's a great question because he, he makes this joke. He, I made a, a, a 
kind of a thing that that had some of the stuff from the Rose Bowl weekend when he went back in 1967. He was a uh, a sophomore at Purdue at that point. His ticket cost seven dollars. Obviously, there's a lot of things that have changed at that time. But he was like, "Yeah, that wasn't that expensive. It wasn't like I I had to think twice about it." But for the for the adult tickets, for the alum tickets, you spent it looks to me starting at 150 bucks, and they just went up like a you know completely vertical scale at that point. Many people paid three hundred dollars if they got on the secondary market. Um, so for two tickets, six hundred plus fees, you're looking at six hundred fifty seven hundred dollars. That's an immense amount of money. So I'd like to know what the student... Okay, Alex Drick says $45 for a student ticket. Okay, that's a little more palatable. That's something that can handle. you can handle. I think anybody who's making any money, if you've got a, even a lousy job, you can do it. So I appreciate that information. I'll pass it on to my dad, who for some reason isn't here live. I'm joking. He's been on like three in a row live, which I love. It's hilarious. Every time he pops up in the feed, I think it's great. Um, so uh, Greg Mass... Oh, wait. I want, to, I want to read this. I got one more thing. I said I was going to wrap up, and I'm now at 25 minutes. But I think this is a good thing. Uh, and I don't know if there's a more of a discussion that I'm not keeping up with here. But um, Ben March says, Porter Roberts, Lou Jack, little brother of Tyrone Johnson, which is Ronnie Johnson, uh, Knight. Knight. Uh, feel like we've had a lot of no-scoring point guards in the past. Did not check the stats, just going off the recollection. So, so I'm, not, I'm really bad at keeping up with the entire feed. I assume this is the talk about Smith being there's a discussion on Twitter. Is he the best, tr best point guard at this point in his career um, in Purdue history? It's a hard question to answer, but man, the more I look at it, and this is such a small, shallow um, pool of information we have so far. You're seven games in, but the, the dude is good. He is really good. And I can't think like Porter Roberts. I don't, think he started right out of the gates. I know he was really impactful and played a long career, but he, even as a senior, wasn't the type of uh, scorer that Smith is now. And I'm not letting my, I'm not letting my, my poor memory affect me here. Alan Eldridge, Eldridge is another guy that I think of right away, who I think played right away. I think he, he started sometime his freshman year. Eldridge is nowhere near the score that Smith is and nowhere near the impact uh, Lewis Jackson, though, I think is a very good comparison. I think Smith edges him as of right now. So again, not in a vacuum. Let's look at the entire season at the end of the season and say who had the better freshman year as a point guard. A lot can happen. Um, but Smith, the biggest thing that you look at him is his cool demeanor. So he's cool on one hand. And on the other hand, he is totally fearless. That's a good combination to have. So if things aren't going his way, he tends to step on the gas and... When things get tight, he doesn't look to panic. So against a press, for instance, we are seeing Purdue handle the press really well. That's a multi-prong approach, though. The coaches say they've been working on handling the press since July because they knew there was a problem. But they've tried this before, and it hasn't just been Painter. It's been Painter and different assistants trying to find something that works. Well, number one, the way they're handling the trap is really, really very well drawn up the things they're doing against it very smart the second part is lawyer smith and um and morton all three specifically those guys i remember at different times they're not panicking when they see that trap coming they're waiting then they're getting it back to the middle they're not going to the corner which the corner is that's death against a trap 
Uh, they're not doing that. And so you're not playing against the strength of a trap. You're going against making them hustle, trying to go up the center of the court every time. Really, really well handled. So, all right, that's it. Um, have a great day. God bless you. Hammer down. Purdue's going to the championship. Savor this moment. This is a big deal. It may not ever happen again. I don't think I'm speaking in too grandiose terms. It just seems like it's not going to happen again because the super conference era is coming. Everything is going to change. Anish talked about a pod system, which I think that probably will happen eventually. Um, but everything's about to change. This is a big deal. So enjoy it. Uh, take it for what it's worth. Um, and uh, hammer down. Talk to you soon. God bless you.